There is one creature that you don't want hunting you. There is one person who you don't want as your enemy. There is only one way to honour the loss of a part of your pack, your family. And that one creature is the wolf. And that one person is Olivia Hunter. Because there is nothing more important to them than family. And when Iana, someone who Olivia Hunter loved and considered her sister, was murdered, Olivia knew that it had to be her and her alone who would be the one to hunt down the one responsible for Ayanna's death and repay what they did in kind. Did you know that there are supernatural assassins? Meaning individuals who have supernatural powers and gifts who commit murder against other supernatural beings? There are. And one deadly supernatural assassin goes by the name of Jax, a monstrous shapeshifter, who had committed the murder of several supernatural individuals over the years, and some well-known races too, such as goblins, mermaids, zombies. However, Jax was not as effective as he would hope to be. Occasionally he made mistakes. One mistake he made was turning up to Mistletoe Cottage, the home of Olivia Hunter, on the wrong day, falsely identifying Olivia Hunter as someone else, raping them and then murdering them, Iana. Jax knew that he had made a mistake as soon as he killed Iana, who he initially thought was Olivia Hunter, because although Iana fought back and resisted, she had not attempted to turn into a wolf as Jax had expected she would because he was led to believe that she was a werewolf. Jax had been hired to kill Olivia Hunter by a vampire by the name of Ophelia, the ex-wife of Vega, the Vampire King, and the former queen of the vampire race as an act of revenge against Vega for moving on from her and falling in love with Olivia Hunter a werewolf. Ophelia had hired Jax to track down Olivia Hunter and find out as much about her and her life as they could, and when given the go-ahead by Ophelia, ultimately be responsible for their murder, because they knew such a loss would hurt Vega terribly. Ophelia was a very disturbed woman. Ophelia was reborn a vampire at a young age, centuries ago, after being turned into a vampire by Vega. But she had never been able to move on from the vendetta of vampires she had once orchestrated, essentially a coup against Vega. Nor could she accept the fact that Vega was able to find someone else to love other than her. Ophelia had tried to reinvent herself over the centuries by finding and getting close to other powerful and dangerous individuals from all around the world, but secretly none of the men and women whom she got close to ever compared to Vega, because no matter what happened between them, she still loved Vega and still wanted him. And, by the way, Ophelia attempted to kill Vega. Hell of a way to show someone that you loved them right? Like I said, disturbed. Ophelia 
message that Jax. She confirmed to them that he could go ahead with the assassination of Olivia Hunter. However, Jax got the date and the time that the assassination was to take place wrong. And instead of committing the murder when, where and to whom he was given the go-ahead to do so, he waited. And he waited. For what, you might ask? Only Jax knows, because, like I said, he made mistakes. After Jax murdered Diana, Olivia Hunter's friend and sister and not Olivia Hunter, and after he realised what he had done, he ran away and hid, because he feared what might happen if the Vampire King found out what had happened and who had been responsible. It even occurred to Jax what Olivia Hunter might do to him if she hunted him down, because he knew that she was infamous in her own right, because she had killed another infamous werewolf witch once by the name of Tala. But why did Jax wait? Why did he not kill Olivia when he had the chance? Why did he kill Ayanna instead? They were questions that needed answering. And Jax knew that people would ask him those questions if they ever found him. Which was why Jax, being a shapeshifter and someone who could change into anything or anybody, decided to reinvent himself, to become someone else and attempt to move on from his work as an assassin. So Jax decided to become a florist of all things. Several months went by following the murder of Ayanna and Jax honestly thought that he might have finally become his last someone else and that he might finally be able to stay who he was pretending to be, doing what he was doing, who and which was someone and something that he actually enjoyed being and doing. Then Jax was paid a visit by a young woman looking to buy some flowers for her husband. Jax was initially surprised by this gesture because, in his logic, most flowers were bought by men for their female partner or spouse, and not the other way around. But Jax did not think anything else of it because he was genuinely lost in the part that he had played for so long now, the part that Jax had been playing for months now, that of Jason the Flower Guy Bloom was someone who had blue eyes, blonde hair, wore glasses, and who always had a smile on his face. And he only reverted back to the murderous, monstrous, ugly, and the hulking true visage of his true self when he returned to his one-bedroom flat in Brixton, London, that he shared with his cat, Matt. The woman who came into the blooming London flower shop to buy some flowers for her husband was someone that Jax or Jason believed that he knew from somewhere, but they could not place where he had seen her before. I know you, don't I? asked Jax, Jason, with a smile, as he immediately started to arrange a bouquet of flowers for the woman who had just come into his shop which used to belong to the real Jason Bloom, before Jax had killed him, assumed his identity and his business so that he could blend in and took over his life. Becoming Jason Bloom was the ultimate act of supernatural witness protection, 
But Jax always knew that if he were not careful, then one day he might get discovered for who and what he truly was, which was why he lived alone, except for his cat, and why he did not engage in any kind of relationships with anyone. And as a result, Jax was incredibly paranoid. However, when it came to the mysterious woman who paid his flower shop a visit, Jack sensed that he was familiar with them, that he knew them, and that he liked them for some reason. But Jack's Jason could not immediately explain why nor from where he knew this woman. He found her blue eyes and her blonde hair to be attractive, just as he had found the original Jason Bloom to be when he first met him, before he killed him and took over his life. Perhaps that is it. She reminds me of him, or of me, Jack's Jason mused to himself with a smile. You're an artist, said the mysterious blue-eyed, blonde-haired woman with a smile, as she watched Jack's Jason expertly put together the selection of flowers at his disposal from all around the flower shop. You think? Thank you. Jack's Jason replied with a smile of pride on his face. I do. I can see that you love what you do. How long have you been doing it? How long have you been a florist? Asked the mysterious woman as she watched Jack's Jason almost dance around the flower shop with an exuberant hop in his step. Um, not long, as a matter of fact. I, I, I do love it though. I love giving people joy, you know. That is why I, I, I consider I do to be creating a bouquet of love and joy that can be shared and can symbolise what someone means to someone else. You know what I mean? Jack's Jason explained with a smile to mysterious woman, who he was actively still trying to identify within his mind. Perhaps she's someone I pretended to be once, Jack asked himself, because she is so familiar to me. I understand. I'm somewhat of an artist myself. I love giving gifts also. We have that in common. And I'm sure that my husband will love the arrangement you are creating. He's an artist himself, but more of an artist of words than colours and fragrances. He's an author, you see, said the mysterious blue-eyed blonde-haired woman continuing to smile at Jack's Jason. You married? Jack's Jason stopped what he was doing for a moment, as if he were literally stopping to think, before he looked at the mysterious blonde-haired woman, smiled, and then said, No, I'm afraid not, before Jack's Jason continued arranging the bouquet that he was putting together. Ah, oh, that's a shame. You seem nice. You seem quite the catch, if you don't mind me saying said the mysterious, blue-eyed, blonde-haired woman with a smile as she appeared to look Jack's Jason up and down from head to toe. I, um, that's nice of you to say, miss. I'm flattered, replied Jack's Jason nervously, not knowing how to respond to the woman's obvious interest in him. Don't get me wrong, I love my husband, but he's just not... He's just not that as wild as I want him to be, you know? He's 
let himself go over the years, to be honest. You see, I like a man who is big, who is strong, who can dominate little old me. A man who does things and who does not worry about the consequences. Someone who takes what they want. But you can't find that many men like that these days. And that is not my husband. He needs a written invitation before he realises what he's been asked to do. And I have no time for writing when I want what I want. You understand, Jason said the mysterious blue-eyed, blonde-haired woman as she walked over to the counter of the flower shop and put her right hand on Jack's Jason's left hand. Jack's Jason immediately raised his head so that he could look the woman in the eye, noticeably perspiring, and then he asked, How? You... My name... How do you know my name? How? Well, that is who it says you are on your name badge, right? Jason. By the way, I've always liked that name, replied the blonde-haired woman as she continued to lay her right hand on Jack's Jason's left hand. Jack's Jason looked down nervously at the name badge that was attached to his green overall that had the name Jason in big red letters printed on it, and then he started to smile with a look of relief on his face. Yes, of course my name is Jason, Jack's Jason replied with a grin. And who might you be, miss? asked Jack's Jason as he looked the mysterious woman in the eye. And who is the lucky guy that is going to receive these beautiful flowers? Well, these flowers are kind of a parting gift to my husband, actually. You see, I have a confession to make. I've been stalking you, Jason. I like you. And I want, I want you, I want you. There, I said it, said the mysterious woman, looking bashful and reserved, as she stepped back away from the counter slightly, but seemingly unable to look away from Jack's Jason, which fed his ego even more and convinced him that this woman was indeed interested in him and might even accept him for who he really was based on how she had described her ideal man. I, I, I don't know what to say. I'm, I'm flattered. I really am, replied Jack's Jason with a wide-eyed grin. And to be honest, I, I like you too. And to be honest, I already feel like I know you from somewhere. Really? Maybe we met each other in another life, the mysterious woman immediately replied as if she had been waiting to say that line and perhaps had been rehearsing it before saying it. Maybe, replied Jack's Jason with a grin, as he felt as if he had met someone who might genuinely be interested in him and who he could so easily dominate, if she so wished, as she said she wanted someone too. And seeing as Jack's Jason was almost seven feet tall when he was his actual self, he knew that he would have no trouble being whatever this woman who he found attractive wanted, and he had done many times before in his former life as an assassin and as a murderer. So, the question is, your place or mine?
as a mysterious blue-eyed blonde-haired woman with a smile and with a slight lick of her lips as she looked Jax Jason in the eye. Why not right here? replied Jax Jason with an instant surge of self-confidence in his voice for what might have been the first time since he had become the florist Jason Bloom. Jax Jason's confidence was rising as was his libido level fueled by the woman's obvious interest in him. Here? Really? replied the mysterious blue-eyed blonde-haired woman as she raised her eyebrows. Maybe. Maybe back there, said the woman as she indicated with her head towards the curtain-off area behind the counter of the flower shop. Works for me, replied Jax Jason with a lecherous glance and a disturbing smile as he let his prim and proper appearance as Jason Bloom slip for a few moments and he let the face of the murderous and abusive person he truly was show itself. The mysterious woman smiled and then walked around to the other side of the counter. Then she walked past Jack's Jason and made a motion with the index finger of her right hand as if to tell Jack's Jason that she wanted him to follow her to the back room of the flower shop. And she even looked to be unbuttoning the red blouse she was wearing as she entered the back room and just before she went out of sight of Jack's Jason. Oh my God. Now this is what I've been waiting for, a new prey, a new victim, a new target. It's been a while, but I think I still remember all the moves, said Jack's Jason in his mind as his thoughts started to race. You come in or what? said the voice of the mysterious woman from behind the green curtained doorway that led to the back of the flower shop. Jax, Jason, was so excited that he forgot to lock the front door of the shop so that no one could enter, and he was so overcome with desire that he did not stop himself from immediately starting to take off his overalls as he walked towards the back room of the flower shop. Jax, Jason, was so blinded by his lust that he did not anticipate any danger nor any risk to what he thought was going to happen, which was why he did not see the sharp teeth of the wolf that attacked him immediately after he entered the back room. Following the surprise and vicious attack by the wolf with the grey fur, Jax Jason found himself lying in the floor with blood gushing from his neck and his chest. And because of the attack, it seemed that Jax Jason was now unable to stay looking as he normally looked when he greeted his customers. And now all seven feet of his hulk of a body lay in a pool of his own blood. His face looked even uglier than it normally did because of the explosion of blood on his face and chest. In fact, it was safe to say from the way that he was breathing that Jax's lungs might have been punctured because of the attack by the mysterious wolf and he looked to have sustained life-threatening injuries. A shadow then fell upon Jax as he looked up at the ceiling of the back room of the flower shop and was obviously in great pain and was struggling to breathe. However, soon enough, the shadow turned into the beautiful visage of the mysterious woman who had walked into Jax Jason's flower shop not that long ago and who they thought was propositioning them. Jax tried to speak, but he was unable to make a sound. 
However, the mysterious woman was able to talk, and she did not waste any time, though now standing naked above Jax in revealing who and what she was. Hello, remember me? Oh, wait a minute. No, you don't, do you? Well, let me refresh your memory. My name is Olivia Hunter. Yes, that Olivia Hunter. The one you were supposed to kill, but didn't, right? And instead you killed my dear friend, Diana, right? Huh? That's you? That was you? You did that, right? said Olivia Hunter with a grimace as she crouched down and looked Jax in the eye as he lay writhing and withering on his back. Like my little performance, huh? Well, I hope so, because that was the last thing you were going to remember from your pitiful life. Well, that and the fact that I, the wolf, attacked and killed you. But don't worry, you'll be dead soon. But before you die, I wanted to tell you who I am, what I am, and why I killed you. And I want you to know that, yes, it was personal what you did to my friend. I loved her. She was my sister. She was a part of my family, and you took her away from me, from us. You, you monster. And why, huh? Why did you do it? Why her, you bastard? I'm so glad that I was the one who found you. But there is someone else who I promised would also be able to give you a piece of her mind and a bite of her teeth. My daughter, Melissa, said Olivia, as another wolf could be seen by Jacks walking through the back entrance of the flower shop with bloodlust in their eyes. Melissa Hunter in her wolf form, along with a pale-faced man with long black hair and wearing dark clothing following close behind. This is my daughter, Melissa. She is a werewolf too, and she also loved the woman you assaulted and murdered. And this is my husband, Vega, the Vampire King. After my daughter has ravaged you for as long as she wishes, and after you have died, then my husband will help us dispose of your worthless body and you will never be seen or heard from again. Okay, Jason? Or whatever your real name is? You got that? Explains Olivia as she stood up and looked down at Jax with a look in her eye of disgust at who and what she was looking at. Don't worry, Mr. Jax, is it? It will be over soon, and then you will get the death you deserve, said Vega with a smile as he looked down at Jax before Melissa, as the wolf, appeared to pounce on Jax and then started to tear into him with her teeth until he finally lost consciousness and ultimately lost his life. After the disposal of the hulking body of the former assassin, murderer and shapeshifter Jax, with the assistance of some other vampires under the employ of the Vampire King, Vega, Olivia and Melissa Hunter drove away from the flower shop that had been wiped clean of any evidence that anyone had been there and anything had happened there, and as a result had been put out of business indefinitely. And then Melissa, from the back seat of Vega's Tesla, 
where she had been sitting in silence for the first 20 minutes of their car journey home, decided to say what was on her mind. Mum? Yeah, Missy? replied Olivia as she turned around in the passenger seat and looked at Melissa. I... I... I'm glad we did it. I'm glad we killed them. For... For Anna. I... I... I miss her so much, said Melissa, as her eyes filled with tears. I know, baby. I miss her too. And I... I'm glad that we did what we did too. Together. And tomorrow we... We... Olivia replied. However, before Olivia could finish her sentence, she and Melissa then appeared to have been struck by an instant bolt of pain to the head that made them close their eyes, convulse, and both put their hands to their temples. Vega immediately stopped the car on the side of the motorway that they were travelling down. He took off his seatbelt and then he turned to Olivia so that he could hold her and ask her, What is it? What's wrong? asked Vega in a concerned tone of voice as he looked at Olivia and then at Melissa and saw that they were exhibiting the same physical signs of pain which seemed to be focused around their head. After a few seconds both Olivia and Melissa stopped convulsing and they both simultaneously opened their eyes and almost screamed in unison, The wolf! The wolf! They're gone! They're gone! What? What do you mean? asked Vega, not able to understand what they were both saying, nor why. They're gone. The wolf is gone, said Olivia with a, in a whisper, as she began to weep uncontrollably, as did Melissa.